much for tuning in to Beyond Epic. I am your host, Chris Farrell, and let's get this started on the Epic Radio Show Recap. This week on the Epic Radio Show, Epic got rear-ended, and not even in the fun way. But the good news is, he's okay. The great news for me is, Epic, you need a new car. Hit me up. I work for Ford. No credit, bad credit, no problem. <laughs> Glad you're okay, player. They did some uh, reviews on the Candle Daddy Candles because they sponsor Epic Radio Show. But I'm going to give you my reviews. I got the Blowjob Candle and the Blue Balls Candle. Now, I lit the Blue Balls Candle because I wanted my wife to light the Blowjob Candle. You know what I'm saying? But no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I didn't get no love in that night. Just blue balls. But I will tell you, the house smelled amazing. Thank you, Candle Daddy. Go to CandleDaddy.com and get your blue balls today. This week's special guest on the show, Liliac. These guys are in their low teens to mid-twenties. Family band. Crush it. Crush it. Uh, the Epic Radio Show played their new single, Mystery. You gotta hear it. Just Google the band, Liliac Mystery. Take a listen. Let us know what you think. Um, they were also on AGT. You know what I'm saying? They were supposed to move forward, but they wanted them to sign a contract, and they were going to take 95% of the money the band would make. You know, mad love for pulling out of that contract. Mad love for pulling out of that contract. I don't blame you for not signing. And I, I think I heard that Liliac in Romania means bat. And I think they got that idea right there from Ozzy Osbourne. Keep on rocking, Liliac. Now it's time for some crazy news. A woman fell in love with the man of her dreams in Australia who's a ghost. They made love on the plane ride home. They got engaged. But then he fell into the bad crowd and started to ghost her. She has now ended that engagement. I need some shit. She has, man. <laughs> she is now dating Bigfoot. Stay tuned for more information. There's a new segment called Tarot Talk with Aaliyah. And um, I mean, it's really cool. There was a little bit of uh, technical issues, but my favorite part is the way she gives the bad news. She draws the cards. Oh shit! This don't look good. <laughs> but I, I think she meant that in a positive way. Please tune in every month to Tarot Talk with Aaliyah. After three years, T-Mobile is about to release T-Vision. We'll be taking on. Apple TV, Hulu, Netflix, and Disney. Um, do we really need another one? <laughs> Streaming live TV? I mean, it didn't work out for PlayStation, did it? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, man. 
Um, I do have T-Mobile. I like it. Am I ready to add another one? Not really. I think if Rolo would have been on the show this week, T-Vision would have been on T-Bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Now, this week on WTF, Venom co-hosted What's the Forecast. Media Marcus, I'm going to tell you, brother. This week, man, this was my favorite WTF um, with Venom. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Cleveland, cold all week. Kentucky, sunny till Sunday. California, enjoy the beaches. Now coming up on the Beyond Epic Radio Show, Joaquim Revolta. Please stay tuned. This guy is awesome. He played in the Bullet Boys. He played with Richard Marks. He played for Stephen Piercy of Rat. This is a fantastic interview and one of my favorite interviews. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Chris with Beyond Epic. All right, welcome to Beyond Epic. I am Chris Fell. I'm your host. I am here with Joaquin Revolta. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Man, I appreciate you tuning in and, and meeting with me. Dude, that is... I heard some of the stuff that you work on, and I'm very impressed. So it looks like you, you've you been in Bullet Boys, you you went on tour with Richard Marks, and you've been in Stephen Piercy's band, correct? Yeah, um, to name a few. Yeah, I've, I've uh, these gigs that I've had over the years have kind of like uh, come and gone. I was always hired on as a, um, a hired gun, if you will, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a life of a, of a uh, you know, professional musician i guess you you jump from thing to thing and maybe one of these gigs one of these days will stick or uh you just keep moving on you know yeah i did see that movie higher guns have you seen that yeah a lot of my friends are in that uh and, oh, and really? that kind of that movie yeah oh yeah um most of the people that are in it i i, I know um and we've known each other for over the years uh especially in los angeles most of those musicians came out of la yeah. Um, not all of them, but uh, uh, a, a good a good handful of them, and so we all, you know, we all know each other out here for the most part. That's you know what Rudy Sarzo is one of my favorite bass players, so I think he was in that as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a legend right there. It is. You know? It is. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> White Snake, and then Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. How could you go wrong? I absolutely love you, Rudy. Um, I know when he's not in there, Chuck Wright is in Quiet Riot quite often as well. Is yeah, that- I know Chuck as well. No, um, Chuck and I both have played with Stephen Piercy on and off over the years. Yeah, I seen Chuck Wright with Stephen Piercy. I seen him at um, the Coach House, right? I went over there because Chuck Wright put on a couple of my albums. Great guy, awesome guy, amazing bass player. And dude, huh? Yeah, he's a great guy. A great, great nice guy. guy. Yeah. Here's the awesome part, right? So oh, I went to go see him at the coach house, Stephen Piercy. Um, just so you know, Stephen Piercy is my, Rat's my favorite band of all time. You can ask anybody. I love Rat. And Stephen Piercy is my favorite singer. So I was up front row on the, on the, on the bench and Stephen Piercy came right there and he dropped the backstage pass right in front of me. I got to go oh, backstage really? at the coach house and meet Stephen Piercy. It was one of the best days of my life. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Steve. Uh, Steve's a, a good man, great artist. Yeah, you know, he I, is. He is the epitome of rock and roll. Actually, he's he's more punk rock than people realize. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. 
that's awesome to hear. So let me ask you something. What age was your first show? Uh, I was seven, and I was on a show called um, That's Incredible. That, I remember and, that show. Uh, are, are we close at age, you and I? I'm 48. Oh, okay, I'm 49. Yeah, we're um, right there. So yeah, so the, yeah that, <laughs> we are very close at age. So yeah, um, yeah, I did that when I was about seven, six years old, and wow. uh, I've been a working musician ever since. So. Man, that is awesome. So what band got you into do? Like I said, for me, it was Rat. I heard Rat, and then I, I want to be a rock star. Didn't quite pan out. <laughs> I'm still struggling. But what band moved you the most, Walk? You said call you Walk, right? Yeah, you can call me Walk. All my friends call me Walk. It's short Perfect. for Joaquin. Perfect. Yeah. What band moved uh, you the most? Uh, to be honest, um, Kissed uh, was... I had already been playing drums, and then one day I saw a commercial that they were coming into town and doing a concert um, at the... Uh, the Los Angeles form. So they had this commercial and, and what I saw was like the theatrics and, and, you know, the, their whole, you know, theatrical thing that they were doing. And, and it was just so over the top that, uh, I mean, you remember you, if you saw that, uh, just a glimpse of that, you were just hooked at the time because yeah. there was nothing else like it. And so, um, but I had already been playing drums at that point. And then when I saw that, and then I saw what the drummer was doing and, and mm-hmm. how he, this whole thing, you know, theatrically and everything, I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I never put, you know, drumming with all that, you know? Yeah. So, so it it had to be Kiss. And then I got into Van Halen and, and and of course, you know, I I was a rat fan as well. Yeah. You know, you know, I went Halloween three years in a row as Gene Simmons. Kiss was my band until I was introduced to rat. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but it's just true. Three years in a row, I had the same Gene Simmons mask that I went around on Halloween wearing. No lie, dude. That's awesome. It was Peter Chris. I think I was Peter Chris for like three or four years in a row. (laughs) Everybody loved Kiss back in the day. You know, that Detonator album is a great album. I mean, a lot of people are like Alive, you know, Kiss Alive and, you know, their first album. Me, Detonator. That was a great album from beginning to end. I absolutely love that album. What's your favorite Kiss album? Um, to be honest, it'd have to be, uh, uh, dressed to kill the second record they put out or third, I think, um, reason being is it's, it's so dry. There aren't that many effects on the record and it's just mm-hmm. raw playing. Uh, there's not a whole lot of reverb. It's, it's very, uh, uh, dry. It's a very dry recording and it's them raw, you know? Yeah. Um, so that would have to be my favorite. All right. That's good to hear. You know, like I said, the one thing. I guess that's why they did the Alive record because they couldn't they couldn't get their live sound in the studio. But they're pumping out records like every six months. <laughs> guess what? Yeah, I think they're, they're doing like two records a year or something. And uh, contractually, I think they, that's what you did back then. Now, you know, you're lucky if you even get to record a record because you, you you record you know, a couple of songs and then you put them out. You know? Yeah, it's it's like it takes four or five years to release an album now when. And there's no there's no buildup process anymore. Like back in the day, you know, you your third album, your fourth album would be your big hits because you would build up to that point. Now it's like all or nothing on the first one. Yeah, you know, uh, I was I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and and we were talking about how there really aren't any more 
rock stars anymore and like the ones that we grew up with that yeah. you and i are, are aware of mm-hmm. are pretty much it you know the hype and and uh and the mystique and the opportunities the internet really changed a lot and and record companies used to hype their their bands and you'd see a poster or like a a billboard or something of like say kiss for instance yeah. you know coming soon the next album you know yeah. you don't see that type of uh, hype anymore you know um it's kind of sad because it was uh it you know raised momentum and 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 anticipation to want to hear and see what they were going to you know put out and what you know what outfits they'd have and (laughs) what the drums it would look like you know all that yeah no i i get it because back in the 80s you can count every two years was a new album by all the big bands rat cinderella def lep no def lep was like five years but like molly crew and all them it was every two years a new album they came by sam Bernardino. Uh, I seen all them bands at the Orange Pavilion every two years like clockwork. Like you, you knew they were coming in two more years, and that's where I seen all the big bands right there. Have you ever been at the Orange Pavilion? Yeah, yeah, I've I've been there a couple times. I went there uh, once, I think in '86 or '87 to see Wasp and uh, and Kiss, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I wound up playing there with Piercy um, about I don't know eight years ago. Oh, years did ago. you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you did you play with Piercy after Infestation or before Infestation? Uh, Infestation was that the last record that they did with uh, uh, yep. Warren and everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had I had uh, been playing with him prior to that. Okay, All right. and then uh, um, I think later that year, the next year is when Infestation came out. Okay, now how did you end up in Bullet Boys? Um, I was on a date and, um, my date said that a friend of hers was going to be meeting us with her boyfriend or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a guitar player, uh, Nick Ross. Okay. <clears throat> so we, we, we met at a bowling alley and then uh, we were with our, you know, he was with his wife. I was with my date and we just started talking, chit chatting. And then, uh, um, oh, and I asked him what he did he mentioned to me that he was a guitar player in the Bullet Boys. And so I actually have, I took Jimmy DeAnda, the drummer of the Bullet Boys. I took him to the audition in 1987 in my mom's car. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, man, like, that's cool. Time and, and, uh, or 17. And, I, and, and Jimmy's a couple of years older than, than I am, but he had called me up and he said, Hey, uh, could you help me out? Cause we used to help each other out a lot. <clears throat> I was in a thrash band. He, he was playing in his, um, his rock band. And mm-hmm. I would write for him. He'd wrote it for me type of thing. And, uh, and one day he called me, he said, Hey, the bullet boys were looking for a drummer and I have an audition. Um, I don't have my, a way to get my drums there. Mm-hmm. Could you me? And, and I said, yeah, I, I'll borrow my mom's car. <clears throat> so we did. And I, and uh, I set up the drums for him and everything. <clears throat> and it was cool because uh, it was Mark, the singer, the, the original bass player, the original guitar player, Mick and Lonnie. And, uh, and Dave Kaplan, their manager. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just, I witnessed my friend Jimmy just learn the songs and then play them with the band. And he played, he, he was playing as if his life depended on it. He really wanted the gig and he nailed it. He was really good. Uh, and as soon as they were done playing a few songs, they looked at him and they said, hey man, if you want the gig, it's yours. And, uh, awesome. and then I, awesome. and then I went to the band, you know, 35 years later. You know, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. To me, to me, that was, this is always Jimmy's, you know, gay, you know, there's no, he's such a good drummer and he, he, he's got his own thing. And, and, uh, and 
yeah, he's he is the drummer of that band. There's no replacing him, you know. Yeah, I completely get it. This is going to sound crazy, but every time I think of Bull, I was a Bull Boys fan back in the day. Um, I love Smooth Up and Yeah, Money. I love their version of Money. It was a great version. Now, but every time I, I see Bull Boys, don't laugh at me. I think of King Cobra and the Iron Eagle soundtrack, <laughs> the song from Iron Eagle, because I know some of the members went over to Bullet Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a different singer, uh, and I think uh, towards the end of his stay with King Cobra, uh, he departed, and then uh, from what I understand, uh, Mick or, or Lonnie knew Mark, and and they said, well, you know this this guy Mark, he can finish up the tour with, uh, and so he did, he stepped in and, and finished up, uh, some dates with them. And then, uh, and when that was done, uh, they parted ways with Carmen, I guess, and started the bullet boys. Uh, yeah. From which what is I a great story. Yeah. Which is yeah. a great story. Um, what bass player have you locked in the most in, in your career of playing with bands? There has to be like one bass player who just sinks in with you when you're playing drums. Who's that? Um, you know, I recently got to play with, um, with Juan Crucier. Uh, My favorite Rat. bass player of all time, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, he's, you know, he, he he's, he's, you know, aside from being a good bass player, he's a good guy. He's a great songwriter too. Yeah. And, uh, and great singer. Uh, but he's really good bass player. He, he's very melodic and, and, uh, uh, very, um, uh, He's, he, he, you can feel him when he plays, you know, and, yeah. and, and he's, at least I can, but I, I got to the pleasure of playing with him uh, a couple of years ago when they were looking for a guitar player. Uh, they had asked me to help them out uh, audition guitar players. And so, um, so yeah, I went to go play with him and it was, it was great. It was fun. Um, it was super hot. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? <laughs> Yeah, they, cool. they, yeah. They, they, the room that we auditioned the guitar for didn't have any ventilation, so I was dying in there. But but it was oh, it was uh it was fun nonetheless, you know. Yeah, I bet yeah. he sinks in really good with Bobby. Like all of them early songs, he's in sync with Bobby. Like I mean, their back is, is right there. You know, the entire back of the all the songs. They're, so. they're all great players, you know. And and um, you know, you can't. They they each brought something, you know, to to that band at the time, you know, when. And that makes them rat, you know? Uh, yeah. They have yeah. a distinctive sound. And, and uh, Steve's a, a great singer, great front man. You know, they were actually the first rock band I'd ever seen in an arena. Oh, where'd you see it at? This was at uh, the Long Beach Arena. And this was 1984. And I think it was one of their first, if not the first show of uh, that they did opening for Ozzy. It was like their first arena gig. And I happened to be there. Um, but I remember I didn't know that many of their songs. I knew like one or two that had been playing on the radio at that point out of the cellar had just come out that week, I think, yeah, or that month for that matter. But, uh, I remember being impressed and they were really good. And, and, uh, uh, they were just, the songs were great one after the another. They were just, uh, you know, you couldn't help but like, you know, all the songs and they were very entertaining. So. I went yeah. out and bought the EP, I think, from a concession stand, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that evening. Or, or maybe uh, I went the next day and bought it from like Music Plus or something. Mm -hmm. but, uh, do you remember Music Plus? I do. I do. That's where you just get concert tickets from, too. Oh, yeah. Concert tickets from there, all that stuff. I remember Sam Goody. Goody got it. <laughs> yeah, that was so 
Huh? <laughs> that's no it. Charge. But that's how it was back then. I mean, there was no internet. If you wanted tickets, you had to be in line to get the tickets. You know, and oh, you yeah. got the ticket that they gave you. There was no choosing your seat. This is your ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a matter of fact, there was a this uh, scalper in in town. I didn't really know the guy, but the guys in my band at the time, I was young. I was like 14 or something. We'd go stand in line for this guy and he'd pay us. It was pretty good to stand in line, get as many tickets as we could. Yeah. <laughs> for the scalp, you know. yeah. But, yeah. You never knew who would want a ticket. Now, let me ask yeah. you this. The video on Bullet Boys, D-Evil, right? Tell me about mm -hmm. that video. How did you... First, how did you guys come up with that song? It's not a bad song. I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like a Bullet Boy song, but it's not a bad song. It has a really cool vibe to it. And sure. how, did the, how did shooting that video go? Let me, I'm gonna tell you why. There is a girl with a snake. I'm deathly scared of snakes. <laughs> so I don't know how you are, but how did that video, that's a cool vibe video. How did that go? Well, I'm not actually in the video. Um, I thought you were in the video. No, that's me playing on the recording. Uh, but that is, uh, that drummer in the video uh, was in Skid Row. Um, okay. And so he, uh, he did the video. I had departed ways with the band. Uh, prior to that video happening. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I did not know that. I thought that was you in the video. Oh, no, that's okay. okay. More importantly, I mean, I, I did play on the whole record. So, um, yeah. so yeah, uh, that's that's my drumming that you hear on the record, though. Yeah. How was recording that record with the Bullet Boys? What was that process like? It was very quick, actually. Um, Mark, the singer, had um, come to me a couple of weeks prior, maybe like a month prior to us recording it. And he showed me this batch of songs that he had. And uh, it's not like the, obviously like the first Bullet Boys record, but uh, there's a maturity. Because, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that uh, a, a lot of people, uh, critics and fans alike, uh, have their opinions of, uh, you know, an artist. You know, the, the an artist doesn't want to necessarily paint the same picture over and over and over. He evolves, you know. And, I agree. And, uh, yeah. And so that's, that's what that is. And, and to be honest, when he played me the songs and, and he showed me what they were, um, I thought they were great. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they were catchy. Uh, they had a little bit of everything for everybody. They had a little bit of, uh, they had rock, they had some funk, it had uh, blues, it has, um, it has some danceable beats in it, you know? So, yeah. uh, to get a kick out of playing. <laughs> yeah. I liked the song. I mean, I really did. And I agree with you. You, you don't want to do the same thing over and over again. You know what I mean? You want to progress a little bit. And, and I do see the progression that they did have on that song. It was a great song. Yeah, you can, you can hear there's a, a, um, a level of maturity that's kind of come along, you know, because uh, the, the, the stuff on the first record is great. Um, uh, it's more uh, Sunset uh, Van Halen kind of early Van Halen kind of rock, you know. Yeah. Uh, this last thing that, uh, that we put out uh, is, you know, different from that. It's it's a little more heartfelt to the, you know, to the writer, you know, which would be, you mm -hmm. know, Mark. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's, there's just maturity that, that happens. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think the record's actually really good. We recorded that uh, at um, studio 606, uh, Dave Grohl's, uh, the Foo Fighter studio. Oh, um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. We got to record there. And, and uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie uh, that they made a, about that soundboard, the, uh, um, it was, I think it's called, um, not sunset sound. It's, uh, 
where he got that board from somebody and they shipped it everything over and he had to put it all together little by little. Right. And that so was a he, huge board. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so he, he purchased that thing and, and he put it in his studio and uh, more hits have been written uh, from more artists on that board alone mm-hmm. than on any board in the world. Yeah. So I got to record my drums through there and you can hear, you know, the drums are very powerful. Um, there's yeah. something uh, special about that board. And, you know, so who knows, maybe one of those songs will get picked up and, uh, you know, put into a movie or something. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. You never know. And I agree with you as far as going through the boards, you know, I'm, I grew up in the same area you did. So I worked on the SSL boards. I worked on the Neve boards. I worked, I also worked on the Mackie boards, <laughs> the two inch, you know, ADATs and DA88s. You know what I'm saying? So um, sure. even here, I have the little SS2, the SS2 solid state. Cause I, so I'm so cheesy that I don't have the normal audio interface. I had to have the little SS2 just so I have it. But it's a great little board. So I'm, I don't know what you have in your studio, but that's what I have over here in my studio as a board. Well, I, I don't have a studio per se, which uh, is kind of leading me back to the, the the song that you sent me the other night. I'm actually going to go listen to that tonight oh, cool. after we're done. Uh, yeah, because uh, I don't have uh, – I'm in between places at the moment. So half my okay. stuff's here, half my stuff's somewhere else. And I don't necessarily have a studio. So okay. where I am moving to is a studio. So. That's awesome, man. Glad to hear that. So are you staying where you like near Hollywood or? Uh, no, I'm in the Valley, uh, which is behind. Oh, you, you're from out here. I'm, I'm in the San Fernando Valley. So okay. I, uh, out of here. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Patuka, uh, Paducah exactly about a year ago, a couple of days past a year. But I'm from San Bernardino. So I've been to L.A. more times than I can even count. You know, so now I'm in the, the backwoods. So my shed is out here in the backwoods of Kentucky is where I'm at, man. What what brought you out to Kentucky? My parents retired out here. Uh, it's oh. a lot less expensive. My mom was born and raised here and then she moved to California. And then her and my dad, they retired out here. And I brought my wife to visit and she works from home. And she's like, we're moving to Kentucky. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. But it is beautiful. Walkie is absolutely beautiful out here. Um, and I still get to do all the stuff that I like to do. It's just I'm doing it out here in Paducah now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, out of all the traveling I've done, I've been through Kentucky, but I don't think we've played. I've played there. Uh, no, they don't come to Paducah. They you got to drive to like Nashville or Memphis to see you know, those bands or St. Louis. I'm sorry, I, I haven't made a stop into Nashville yet. Wow, isn't that That's, weird? That that is a little bit weird. Places I would have, you know, but yeah, no, I've, I've yet to even go to Nashville, so. Nashville is, Maybe I'll come out and visit you. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'll meet you in Nashville anytime. You can come handle my house anytime in Paducah, man. It, it is beautiful out here. And it's inspirational. It's, it's calming. So I can come out here and work on stuff and get as loud as I want because I'm in the country. So it doesn't really matter. Unlike where I used to live where, you know, I can't get as loud as I want to anymore. Yeah. So tell me about Richard Marks. How did you get lined up with Richard Marks? Uh, he had an audition uh, of drummers and uh, just musicians on a pinch. Uh, he, he had like a guitar player and a drummer that were not going to be available. And so um, there's a, a, a gentleman out here by the name of Barry Squire that was, uh, he's kind of like the go-to guy whenever an artist like Avril Lavigne or like Ozzy need a drummer, mm-hmm. they go to this guy man and they, and they you know he has like a list of all the musicians in town mm. and uh 
And so he had contacted me and said, and I didn't even know who the audition was for, but I went. And then when I got there, uh, there was really only one other drummer that he was trying out. And I guess the other people that were there auditioning uh, decided to leave or didn't, didn't stay or what have you. And so uh, when I, when they called my name, I realized it was Richard Marks. So I didn't, I already knew some of the songs as I'd heard them on the radio. Yeah. Like a a good handful of them, but uh, I really didn't know, but he took a liking to me and and we played, we jammed for like, I don't know, like 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes at most. And then, uh, and he just, you know, said, you know, are you available to go? And I I said, uh, when he's like uh, two weeks. And so that was it. And he, but that was short. That was only for like a week and a half. Okay. Um, he, he, again, he has a drummer. He had a drummer at the time. He just wasn't available for that, that short stint. Okay. He's very talented, isn't he? Like Richard Marks, he's, he's oh, pretty yeah. talented. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me ask you, who is, who's your favorite drummer? I know you're a drummer. Who's your favorite, the drummer that just blows your mind? Which drummer is that? Uh, I've always been a Terry Bozio fan. What, I, I never heard it. Who, what band is he um, in? Missing Persons. Okay. Missing I, I know, Persons. I know one or two of their songs. <clears throat> yeah. I'm a big fan of his, uh, um, I'm, I'm a fan of John Bonham, obviously. Um, another one that I'm really big on is uh, Stuart Copeland from the police. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, there's so many drummers out there that I like, you know, I, especially nowadays, like you see some of these young kids that are, are, are playing, you know, they're, they've got like this superhuman strength. I don't know what they're feeding kids these days, yeah. but there's so much talent out there. And, you know, because of the internet, you're able to see a lot of these kids. They just put a videos of themselves playing and it's like, where do they get this, these abilities from? I don't remember, you know, uh, kids, you know, when I was a kid being that talented, you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, John Bonham, uh, Alex Van Halen, I'm a big <clears throat> fan of, uh, yeah. Stuart Copeland, um, Neil Peart, obviously, you know, yeah, uh, yeah you know. Mine's Tommy stuff. Lee. Tommy Lee, a great drummer. He's yeah, a great he's... rock drummer. Uh, uh, I understand that he's also a great saxophone player as well. Is he really? Yeah. My son plays saxophone too. It's hard. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he's in a, a video, uh, the secret of my success from uh, night ranger, they have a horn section. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the video, he's one of the guys with, you know, playing mm-hmm. the horns in the video. Tommy Lee is. Wow. Is there <laughs> nothing that guy can't do, man? He's just, the guy is just awesome, man. He sings, plays drums, plays guitar. He's just, uh, you know, like I said, I, I also love Motley Crue. Motley Crue is, they are a tight band. And I respect them. They went through some stuff, but overall, they remained a unit except for a little bit stuff. John Corabi, I like John Corabi. I think he is a phenomenal singer. You know what I mean? But I love Vince Neil's stage presence. Yeah, he 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 has more of a, a like a Steven Tylerish type of thing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, he's he's very talented, a great singer, good songwriter too. Um, there's so much talent out there, man. It's sick. There is. I agree. And when it comes to young kids, I'm like you. Either they don't want to do anything, they want to copy and paste and everything, or they're just phenomenal. Like there's no middle ground people like me that just can pick it up and do okay. They're either copy and paste or just completely blow it away. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. 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 Uh, so 
What is the craziest tour you've been on? I'm sure you've been on some tours. What's what's the craziest tour you've been on? The craziest tour I've been on. Um, well, um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I've I've toured the most with uh, Piercy. Um, I've had a lot of fun on on his tours. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I, I guess I, I, you know, uh, everything else I've done prior it was so short lived, and I was so uh, in the moment, like trying to remember the songs, you know, because you know I got hired for like a week or two with this band or a week or two with that band, and you had to learn all these songs. So uh, I guess you know. W- had I known the songs to some of these artists better and I wasn't so consumed with still trying to learn them as I was going, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I guess I'd, I've, I've had the most fun with, uh, with Piercy. Yeah. No. Okay. What's the biggest audience you've ever played to? By far. What about the biggest audience? What was the biggest audience you've ever performed to? Uh, that, would, that would have been at the Cope. Kope Dome or in Tokyo. Uh, I, I used to be in a in a, a band called Arlo, signed to Sub Pop Records, and we went with the Foo Fighters in 2004 to Japan. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, ourselves, the Foo Fighters, Wilco, and a uh, and uh, the the band that sings the Come a Lady, Come Come My Lady. Oh uh, man, gosh, I know who they are. I can't remember the, the she, name off the top of my head. She, uh, singing um oh that's crazy town crazy town there you go so yeah. it's crazy Town, ourselves arlo wilco and um and the foo fighters and uh those were big shows oh yeah uh, the kobe dome and then one in, in tokyo um i think the tokyo one was much bigger twice the size um i don't know it's like maybe i don't know 20 19, people something like that wow man that must have that must have just given you so much energy watching out with like 19,000 people in the audience. And, and in Japan, they love all artists, don't they? I mean, don't they get into every artist that comes on stage? Well, what's interesting is at the time, you know, 2004, uh, I'm, I'm sure they speak more English now than they did then. But like mm-hmm. back then, they knew all the worst of your songs and they, they barely spoke any English. Mm-hmm. So to see them singing you know, uh, your songs and word for word, and you're like, whoa. But the interesting thing is, is that when you're done performing each song, they mm-hmm. sit down oh, and wow. it's uh, like being like at a, uh, for lack of better words, like a, a high school uh, auditorium type of situation where, um, you know, they're, they're clapping while you're playing. And then as soon as you're done playing, they stop and they sit down. <laughs> wow, dude, that'd have been cool. I've never played a show that big before. I'd be lucky to be in front of two, 300 people, <laughs> but man, 19,000 people. I, I'm so jealous. Walk. That is amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. It's definitely a, a rush that uh, is like no other. That's for sure. So what's your favorite guitar player from kiss? This, I got to know. Is it ACE from kiss? Yeah. Oh yeah. Ace, ACE for sure. Um, yeah. you know, <clears throat> um, then Tommy Thayer d- does a really good job at, at what he's doing, you know, um, you know, handling the songs. Um, uh, but I also did like Vinnie Vincent's playing, believe it or not. That's uh, what I'm asking you. He, Vinnie Vincent is my favorite guitar player. It's, it's Warren and Vinnie Vincent. I mean, almost neck and neck. 
I love Vinnie Vincent. Both great guitar players. But did you know that uh, uh, Vinnie Vincent used to be a staff writer for Happy Days, the TV show? I did not know that. I did not know that. He, I believe, co-wrote the theme to Joni Loves Chachi or something. Wow. (laughs) I, I know he's a great writer. I mean, he's... He he helped kiss out with lick it up, and then he helped kiss out with revenge. He is, and his stuff was oh, yeah, so he, amazing. He's he has a lot of songs, uh, you know, that he's contributed. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a good songwriter, great guitar player. Yeah. What's your favorite guitar player of all time? Definitely Eddie Van Halen. Oh, is he? A, yeah, actually, I have a Wolfgang that I got in 1996. It's a Wolfgang special. The first year they released him. And I still have it hanging on my wall right over here. It still says oh, patent thanks. pending on it. I would never sell that guitar for anything. Yeah, those, those are cool guitars. It, it, you know, when they first came out, they weren't what I was expecting from Eddie Van Halen as far as the design goes. Mm-hmm. But uh, it grew on me. You know, but then what do I know? I'm, I'm a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lot like the Music Man, but I think he had to go three on each side because I think Music Man wouldn't let him go two on the one side because um, it, it, it provides better where the strings don't go out of tune as much. So I guess a patent, he had to go three on each side, but it's a lot like a music man. That is my favorite guitar. It's like butter. I mean, I absolutely love that guitar. It's the one when PV was making them for him. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I had the one day, my friend, uh, Dave, uh, Friedman, he's the, uh, owner and maker of, uh, Friedman amps. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. It sounds familiar. Uh, so David Friedman, yeah, it, you can find Friedman amps in Guitar Center, I think, now and stuff. And mm-hmm. but one day, uh, uh, David years ago, David Friedman uh, was modifying uh, and making rack mounts for various different guitar players like uh, <clears throat> uh, Richie Kotzen, Eddie Van Halen. And one day, uh, I went to go pick up my drums from David Friedman's place because he also had a, a recording studio on there. And when I went to go pick up uh, my stuff, Eddie Van Halen had just left. And left all his guitars and his uh, plexis, and he had asked Dave if he could uh, make him another plexi or two, and wow. uh, and so yeah, so uh, the Friedman amps is basically a spinoff of Eddie's plexis. You know? Wow, dude, that I did not see. I'm learning stuff every day from your walk, dude. I appreciate that because I, I love music. I mean, I really am a big fan of music. I, if you only knew, I'm sure Joe told you. Chris absolutely loves music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's your future plans? What are you working on right now? Um, you know, at the moment, not much because of the COVID. So once yeah. this whole thing is over, bands aren't even touring right now because of it. No. Um, so things just kind of been put on hold. But I think uh, I'm gonna be probably making like an instructional video. Uh, to kind of just show my abilities because I've yet to do one of those and I've always wanted to. Uh, I've also wanted to put together uh, something kind of different, an 18-piece big glam band. An 18-piece big glam band? something I work on next. Um, We'll see. An 18-piece big glam band. That's the next thing that I'd I'd like to do, you know, of my own. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard enough getting four people in a room to jam or rehearse. So let alone getting 18. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you, man. And Paducah, you can't find bass players and you can't find drummers out here. There's like 50 million guitar players and singers, but no bass players, no drummers. 
you know, really all the drummers uh, that I knew that were here moved either to Nashville or to Vegas, uh, more of them moved to Vegas, but uh, a, a good handful of them went to Nashville, but yeah, they've, uh, when they all left, um, there were gigs that kind of sprouted up. Uh, it kind of wound up helping me, I guess, cause they, they, you know, but yeah, uh, all the drummers had left out of town and moved to either Vegas or Nashville and there were a few gigs left still, and I was lucky enough to get one or two of them. So that's really yeah. cool. So eighteen yeah. pieces. So you're you're talking about a big horn section on there, a, right. like one or two drummers and a couple guitar yeah, players. And, um, yeah, guitar players, uh, a couple of singers, some backup singers, uh, uh, horns, and uh, yeah, may- maybe harp, and just you know expand the whole you know sound. You know. Yeah. If you have trouble getting any, uh, kind of, uh, yeah. If you have any trouble any getting what? any, uh, if you have trouble getting any sax players and horns players out there, let me know. My son is is a, an amazing sax player. He's been playing live bands and saxophone. He he plays with like horn sex. He's 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 a DJ right now. He's got signed to a nationwide a nationwide DJ company. But his specialty is is horn sections. I mean, he's played Disney probably like twenty five times and Knott's Berry Farm, Magic Mountain. He's played all the big, like a lot of the big places out there. He's played as a saxophone player in all those places. So if you do need sax and horns and all that, you let me know. I'll send you my son's number. He is awesome. He's he's 20 years old oh, and did sure, yeah. 10 times more shows than I've ever did. At <laughs> 20 years old, man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll do when I get around to that, I'll I'll definitely keep that in mind. You well, you and I are gonna be working on some music too. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you do freelance work as well? Like if somebody says, Hey, walk, I, I need some drums. I mean, you're, you're going to hook, hook me up right here, but is, if somebody wants that kind of service, do you do that for outside people? Um, you know what I, I would, but I don't really get asked that often. Uh, not like I used to, okay. you know, um, again, it's probably cause of the COVID, you know, it's kind of slowed everything down, but, um, yeah, I, I've, I've laid down, you know, trucks for, you know, people in the past not a whole lot but um but yeah i've uh i'm, I'm a, a little bit of a re- recluse when it comes down to it so are you really when you yeah, say recluse what do you mean by recluse i uh, well travis barker's considered a bit of a recluse he's real quiet and just kind of kept himself and mm-hmm. does his thing i'm kind of the same way in a way you know okay that makes sense i i find I have to go. Have you heard of Fiverr? Yeah. Fiverr is where um, the stuff that I work on, because I have trouble finding a lot of stuff that I work on. Man, I go on Fiverr. I, I find people on Fiverr. Like that rock track I sent you, the guitar player is from Czechoslovakia. The drummer is from Norway. Um, the bass player is from Brazil. So, oh, really? Yeah. That piano so song yeah, I sent you, is, he's from England. Huh? You have an international band. Well, international, getting them to play on the album. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that piano player is England, huh? That's interesting that you you're so through Fiverr you're able to find these musicians. Yeah, and great musicians. Like I, I go through it, and um, like I said, one of the songs it took me four times to get the drums I want on it. I sent you just an acoustic version of it, but it took four drummers to get that song right. You have to go through quite a few people on Fiverr. But man, if you get that studio up and going, if you go on Fiverr, <clears throat> there is work because you can go on there as a pro and you'll, you'll get gigs. These guys get gigs like crazy because it's, it's worldwide. 
people around the world are hiring musicians through Fiverr to play on their stuff. And all you do is you send the stems oh, back and forth. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about, uh, you know, attacking uh, the music business from that angle from Fiverr. That's it. Uh, thanks for the tip. I'm going to actually look into that. Yeah, definitely look into it. That's where I, that's the only place I got um, Wolitzer, play real Wolitzer from Fiverr, real, real Hammond B3s from Fiverr, all that stuff, man. And so a lot of stuff I use, it's not, it's not really programmed. It's, it's usually live instruments going through. That's why I, I mean, I'm big on that. I mean, I, I'm still with the technology copy, you know, some things, but I like a lot of live stuff to kind of go all the way through and not just this copy. And ah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it the right way, but I, I like, I like the, the feel of live. I like, I like imperfections in music. I like things not to be perfect. You know, you want to kind of feel the soul of the music. Yeah. You want to make, you want to, otherwise it's not, uh, it becomes too sterile. It does. Everything doesn't need to hit on the one. The bass can be a little bit behind. The drums can be off from time to time. When the keyboards can be off, that's what fills out the song. That what that's what gives the song soul. When everything's perfect, you remove the soul from the song. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you, I, I've always been a big fan of like uh, you know these little imperfections. You know, songs tend to speed up and slow down a little bit. You know, and yeah, it, I miss being it, in the it, studio it, doing this. You know, remember that? I know you know this. Doing this, three of you oh, are on the board, and you're cutting the tape, <laughs> and you're all doing it at the same time. I miss that. I mean, I really do because I have my computer here, but I miss just being on the board and kind of going and trying to find that right mix. And the reason why I like the imperfections is you don't know they're there until like the next day, and you can't go and fix it the next day. So you just have to live with it. Right. You have to play it right, and you know, play it good, and you know, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say, like people are listening to this right here. What would you, what, what advice would you give somebody who's new who wants to play drums? What advice would you give a young person? That wants to play drums? Yeah. Yeah. That wants uh, to get into the drum business. What advice would you give them? Well, uh, as far as, you know, music goes playing in a group you know you when it when it comes down to it you have to like who you're working with you know if you're in it for the long haul it's kind of like a marriage you know uh uh when you think about it you're going to spend a lot of time with uh with these individuals and uh you know you're going to be on <clears throat> you're going to be in like in a moving vehicle or like a plane or you know hotels uh shows you're going to be together a lot so uh, you know, being a team player and, um, and that means, you know, uh, making some small sacrifices here for the better of the team or what have you just, you know, be pre prepared for those things. But if you really enjoy playing music, go for it, you know, yeah. uh, just as like with anything, if you were an attorney and you were working at a law firm, you'd have to get along with the other attorneys from the firm, you know, and in, in order for the, the firm to function, you know, and, 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 uh, and flourish. So it's the same thing with a, you know, it's, it's a working situation in a group, you know, and, and a music group. And it's, uh, it's a job at the end of the day, you know, yeah. it really is. A lot of people don't necessarily see it that way. You know, they think it's, you know, uh, there's these supermodels at the end of each night, you know, massaging us or something. They're, they're not there. <laughs> so there's no supermodels on the road with you is what you're saying. There's no backstage crazy stuff on the road anymore, huh? 
No, at least not for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not for me either, Walk. Not for me either, man. <laughs> so that ended a long time ago. <laughs> it definitely right. did. But I like how you didn't say practice every day, become the best drummer you can. You're just saying oh, have a good attitude. Have a good attitude. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, you know, be as good as you can be on your craft. Uh, and when you go and audition for somebody, you know, you want to give them 110. percent You really want to get the gig. Um, but it's just like with anything, you know, if, if you were an athlete, you know, and you wanted to <clears throat> try out for the NFL or some team, you know, you would give it all you, you've got, you know, and, and uh, you know, chase the dream. You, you never know, you know. Yeah. Man, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And like, if you know any other musicians out there who, who would be willing to come on the show and, and, and talk with me as well, man, please send them my way walk. I'd really appreciate it. It's a new show from the Epic Radio Show. So I, I'd take... You know, all guests. I like talking to anybody, especially about music. I mean, I really do. Mm-hmm. No, very cool. And it's, and it's nice to meet you finally. Nice to meet you as well. And, you know, hit me up anytime. If you need a bad bass player, you send me the track. I'll put some bad bass playing on there for you. I got you covered. Or if you need nice. a bad singer, you send me the track. I'll do some scratchy rock vocals on there for you. Anytime, brother. Let me know. I'm definitely here for you, okay? Awesome. Thank you very much. And likewise, now I'm going to give uh, the tracks to listen to tonight and then uh, I'll get hold of you tomorrow. And uh, I good. probably get cracked on this weekend. So that'll be awesome. Dude, I really appreciate everything, man. Trust me, I really do. All right, brother. Well, listen, you have a great night. Is there anything you want to say but before I let you go? Um, you stumped me on that one. Uh, well, <laughs> it's nice you- meeting you. <laughs> No worries. It's nice meeting you as well, brother. All right, man. You have a good night and I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye.